Hey guys, it's Adam, Sean, and Josh here for a spooktacular episode of the Dollar Ben. Hey. Who's Josh? <laughs> Why don't you introduce him? Josh, you've been here before, right? Yeah, I've been. I'm, this is not my first rodeo with the yeah. Dollar oh, okay. Ben. Okay, we usually, I mean, do we give people last names? Nope. Nope. There's no last names in the Dollar Ben. I'm just Sean. That was a rule set by Devin Bannon back in 19... The Devin who? <laughs> 19... Nine, <laughs> back in 2009. So it's like Alcoholics Anonymous for <laughs> comic book readers. Yeah. Hi, my name's Sean, and I've been reading comic books. <laughs> hey, my name's Adam. 2001. And I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> well, no comics, Adam. <laughs> that too. <laughs> uh, so Josh, um... Have you been on like a uh, full official in studio show? Yeah, I thought I. Had. I think you have. I just yeah. can't remember. It's been probably a while mm-hmm. since you've I've, been on. I think like the wrap up to a convention that we all went to, makes sense, or something. Is that the first SE Comic Con? Yeah, it might have been. Yeah. So welcome back. Thanks. Um, I'm sure you've been listening this whole time and all caught up in the oh totally and uh, Quizman <laughs> just with longer than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you guys for listening to the Dollar Band. It's it's October, and I don't know if you guys are following. What it's not October. It is October, okay. and we have a contest that's still running, and it's going on till the very end of October. The last day is going to be Comics Fest, which is October 29th. Yes. So. What you'll need to do is listen to parts one and two of our Dragon Con wrap-up. Part one, you'll get a secret code. Part two, you'll get a quiz question. It's just a little contest. It's a little entry thing. entry contest, a yeah. creative entry contest. And the prize is a signed copy of Motor Crush number zero. Wow. It's signed by Babs Tarr huh. and Cameron Stewart. What? And Brendan Fletcher. That's huh. incredible. All three of them. All three of them. And it is a uh, Zero issue, which was a dealer exclusive, and there really aren't that many of them out there. <laughs> they were given to dealers and the people who came to their DragonCon panel. Yes. And as far as I know, that's it. Wow. Yeah, so we've got a signed copy of that, and all you have to do is super easy. Super easy. You're already listening to this show. Finish listening to this show, and then go back to DragonCon Part 1. Mm-hmm. Listen to Dragon Con Part One. Get the secret password. Listen to Dragon Con Part Two. Enter the contest, and it's a very simple email entry contest. Yeah. So there's really only th- a few things involved in this, and you could win. We will even mail it to you. You don't even have to come here to get it. Wow. We'll mail it. I mean, if you want to come here and get it, yeah, it's well, very well, lovely. Nah, it depends I mean, on we, who you are. Never mind. We, let's cut that we'll, out. We'll meet at like the local Denny's or something. Sure. We'll, let's, we'll let's, meet in a well lit place. Let's, <laughs> let's Craigslist exchange this one. Sure. If, if it has to be in person. But yes, that is um, that is true, Sean. We do have that contest still running until Comics Fest. I want to announce it uh, at the Comics Fest show because we will be at Comics Fest at Richards Comics and Collectibles on October 29th as well. And uh, there's a whole list of people that are going to be there. Dwayne Ballinger, J. Chris Campbell, Joey Weiser, Christopher Lockwood, and more. <laughs> so join us at Richard's Comics and Collectibles in Greenville, South Carolina, along with those amazing artists who will be doing sketches and selling books and things like that as well. Also, there's a costume contest, which uh, Richard does every year. It's for the kids, mainly for the kids. So last year, I took the pictures of all the people. There are different age groups. Uh, I believe there are three, so it's like, you know, six and under, 
7 to 11 and then like 12 and up or something. There may be 12 to 18 and then like adults. I can't remember. I should remember this. But there's, you know, tiny kids, kids, and adults. Cool. And you just vote by liking the pictures. On Facebook. Yep. So you said to follow Richard's uh Comics, Comics and collectibles. collectibles on Facebook and like like the pictures. Hey, I already do that. Whoa! See, it's that easy. <laughs> so thank you guys uh, for joining us. Uh, because it's October and, and, you know, there's this Halloween thing coming up uh, soon. What? No. Tell us more. It actually follows Comics Fest. It's, what? It's, it's on a Monday this year. First time hearing of it. Yeah. Um, people dress in costumes much like comics fest oh okay and they walk around and they get candy nowadays they really just go to the mall and shopping centers because Mm. apparently it's not safe to walk the streets in costumes anymore because you might get razor blades honestly i don't think it was safe when we were kids neither probably but it's it's probably just as safe now yeah i think it's i think it was actually (laughs) safe then and it's still safe now but we think it's not yeah but uh so that being said we are going to discuss Horror comics, horror I guess, comics. for for a uh, lack of a better term, that actually Spooky is probably books. the term. <laughs> Spooky books and uh, just kind of things to read around the season and uh, stuff that we we read. I, you can go back through the Dollar Bin archives and listen to the uh, horror comics uh, panels from Heroes Con and other conventions that I've moderated. I love horror comics. I love horror books. And I'm not a fan of horror movies, so it's very interesting. Josh, on the other hand, you're a fan of horror in all genres. In, all genres? That doesn't make sense. All, all mediums. Medium. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, but I, it's funny you should say that. I feel like comics, it's the hardest to do right. Mm-hmm. Um, but just because you you have to get the visual, like the writing and the visual has to pull off just right in a comic for it to actually be scary. It's very rare that I would get scared reading a comic, but movies and books, super scary. Cause I'm using my imagination in books and movies, somebody setting the pace and everything, but comics, you got to have a light touch as an author, I think too. Yeah. I feel it. It's really hard to, it, there's a lot of, uh, of keys and, and tricks in the comics medium that you can use the whole page turn and right. things like that. The page turn reveal, uh, setting your panels for pacing mm-hmm. and using dialogue more and less to, exactly. to set pacing and things like that. But it is more difficult because you have to consider those things exactly when, when doing comics. Uh, I love, uh, I love comics, horror comics. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, uh, I'm excited to talk about some of these. Yeah. Uh, Sean, how about you? Oh, yeah. That's fun. I know Adam has talked before about why he prefers comics over movies. Mm-hmm. It was because in movies, you have to show everything. You have to mm-hmm. show how they got from mm-hmm. A to B. Mm-hmm. And in comics, you can kind of use your imagination. So it, it kind of makes more sense why all of a sudden there's a zombie behind you. Mm-hmm. Rather, like in Walking Dead, it's like they set the scene and mm, the yeah. area and it's like doesn't make sense because the, they were yeah. just looking over there yeah, yeah. yeah the geography of the scene yeah and you can hear things so mm-hmm. yeah the big the big thing that i usually about. use is the whole tripping and falling while being chased all right in a comic someone trips over a stick and they fall and they show the trip and then mm. they show them on the ground mm-hmm. uh in a movie they actually have to show somebody tripping and falling and mm-hmm. it always looks terrible right <laughs> um i guess if you did a quick cut like uh-huh. a trip and then a fall like much like a comic panel mm-hmm. maybe you could your brain the person's brain could fill it in but i could see that i that's one of the things i really enjoy about about comics and horror <laughs> i'm focusing mainly on new comics mm-hmm. for my list each of us has a list of things that we want to talk about some books that we want to talk about roughly sure 
And uh, I, I'm trying to, I've done, we've done a few of these horror comics shows. It's been a few years actually since we've done a, let's talk about horror comics books. But I want to focus on some new stuff. I, have, I do have some old stuff I want to bring up, mainly because in conversations earlier in the last couple of weeks, some of these books came up and I want to mention them again to you guys. I don't really know how to start this <laughs> other than to uh, just kind of jump right in. Josh, and you had brought up a book that's a little older and it's probably set the tone in the, in the, in the stage for some of these other books yeah. that we're talking about. And that's Swamp Thing. Oh, yeah, Swamp Thing, sure. Yeah, Alan Moore and uh, Steve Bissett. Bissett? <laughs> Who knows? Sorry, I'm bad at pronouncing their names. That's but, okay. We, okay. We have we nothing. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, Swamp Thing, I, I love that. that and obviously, run. there was Swamp Thing before Alan Moore, too. Sure. But, but the Alan Moore Swamp Thing is the one that kind of reinvented the way the story is told. Right. And he, I mean, he, he wrote it like an EC book, like a Tales from the Crypt kind of thing, where every issue was a different spooky story that sometimes Swamp Thing would just wander in on the last page and wave and then wander <laughs> off. But it'd be like, but here's a haunted plantation story, you know, or uh, the Winchester house. We're going to put that in the comic and it, <laughs> I, those creeps me out. And it's the art too, the dark and claustrophobic art. And yeah, uh, just masterful. Those, those kind of set my bar for modern ish. Yeah. I'm an old man now, but modern ish <laughs> horror uh, comics. Yeah. So what, uh, you're the guest here. What do you want to start with? Probably my favorite horror comic that I'm reading right now is Nailbiter by Joshua Williamson. And, and, artist <laughs> whose name escapes me because i didn't bring any copies with me um you can talk while i fact check thank you um yeah uh i think i got like a free comic book day or some somehow i picked up just a free issue and i was very intrigued by the premise um and if you don't know the premise may i elaborate sure. it's um uh, there's a town called buckaroo uh Oregon that is the home of over like 19 serial killers and no one knows why the population has such a disproportionate number of serial killers but the maybe the most famous one is this guy the nail biter who would chew the fingertips off his victims after he killed them and he's kind of the anti-hero of the story too like there's a huge conspiracy going on sometimes they focus on some of the old serial killers who all have like a gimmick of some sort and uh, there's a fbi guy trying to kind of figure out what's happening in buckaroo so it's a mystery it's got some some really intense scenes and it, it gets it gets rough sometimes but uh, i really like it yeah. the artist is mike henderson mike henderson it's beautiful art. Oh, i've read other, i've read some other things that mike henderson's done the art on he has he does have like a very horror yeah. kind of hard exactly like, yeah 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 he can do some action very well so yeah i really uh i highly recommend nail biter that yeah. sounds like a Nail biter. Oh, I see what you did. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> but seriously, folks, that, I mean, that does sound really good. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's fun. I like it. Sean, what's your favorite horror comic that you're reading right now? Since My apparently we're starting with our favorites and the rest of this garbage we'll talk about later, too. <laughs> My favorite that I'm reading right now is Harrow County. It's by Cullen Bunn with art by Mr. Tyler Crook. Mm-hmm. And it is fantastic. It's kind of set in kind of like a southern, kind of sleepy, small town. And it's the story of a young girl. And you kind of find out her origins, where she came from, and why the town is so creepy. Oh. Well, I think early on, and you can mention it, I guess, that there was a witch 
that lived in this town. And they got rid of the witch. And they got rid of the witch. And but so there's this, some still kind of lingering, yeah. rumbling, some harrows. <laughs> oh, okay. So. Yeah. It's just really spooky. I mean, the art is fantastic. He's got like a watercolor kind of a style mm-hmm. that just really invokes the kind of horror mood. It's just like it's so good. So well written, so well paced. And there's always kind of like short stories in the back. Oh, nice. Either like one page comics <laughs> or people telling ghost stories <laughs> in the letters page. Oh, that's cool. So it's it's just like everything about it. I just, I love the whole the whole package. Oh, nice. And you've met and talked to those guys at Heroes Con before. Oh my God, they're so nice. Yeah. yeah. I was really nervous. Like I've been reading Six Gun, which I guess I can go ahead and talk about that too. Sure, um, Six Gun's another book that I love. And it just kind of wrapped up this year. Issue 50 came out, and that was like the last book. Um, and it's, I mean, I consider it horror, but it's also yeah, Western and fantasy, too. Well, that's what Cullen Bunn does. He likes to he do... He takes a genre yeah, and another genre mashups, and, and normally it's horror and another and, genre. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's definitely <laughs> true. Um, but I love Six Gun, and... I'd been wanting to talk to them and meet them, but it was one of those like, what am I going to say? Is that I really like your book a lot. <laughs> and that's pretty much what I did though. Like I was like, okay, this year I'm going to get a book signed and I'm going to talk to them. So I talked to Cullen Bunn, the writer of both Six Gun and Harrow County. And I talked to Brian Hurt, who does the art on Six Gun. And I talked to Tyler Crook, who does our on Harrow County. And all three of them were like the nicest guys. And I got a show... Both the Bryans, I did, or Colin and Brian, <laughs> Bun, Brian, Bun, Bun. Um, so yeah, I got a, I got to show Colin Bun and Brian Hurt my costume that I did several years back. I did the main character, um, Becky Moncrief, so who, who Sean have, would consider the main character of Six Gun. She's the main maybe, character. Maybe not who other people would consider the main character of the story. Who else is the main character? Drake? Yeah. No. You don't think Drake Sinclair is the main character? Yeah, I think Becky Six is. Guns? Okay. Yeah, 100%. Becky's the main character. <laughs> Did you finish it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you read the whole thing? Yes, yeah, yeah. And you still think that Drake? Yeah. Really? Yeah. No. <laughs> You're wrong. But no, I had, you know, like my cowgirl kind of like Western get up and, and Adam has a replica um cult peacemaker that i wrapped and did like a symbol on and everything um they got a kick out of it so it was cool cool i pretty much like recommend anything that cullen does <laughs> i love i love his writing i'm really i'm a big fan adam thanks sean the horror book that i will talk about that is one of the books that i get whenever it comes out and it's one of the first things i read when i get it and that is baltimore the story of Lord Baltimore. The current uh, storyline out there is the plague ships. So essentially, uh, Lord Baltimore, it takes place in a parallel to this universe kind of universe. So it's a lot of similarities, but it's kind of like, I, I'm not placing this well at all. It's after like uh, a world war. During one of the world wars, I wouldn't say World War One. That's what I was going to go with. Yeah, uh, I should know better. Um, there's not a lot, there's no like Nazis, so it's probably World War One, but, but it's after like a World War One kind of thing. Also what it, it awakens this, like all the bloodshed and all the death and all this awakens this evil in the world. 
kind of thing and vampires. <laughs> and Lord Baltimore may have had something to do with it inadvertently during the war to cause this. But you find out it's, it is bigger than he thought it was. And it's a lot of uh, witch chasing and, and kind of he's a loner that's <laughs> out there just to get revenge. And he ends up picking up all these other people along the way. Mm-hmm. And a lot of any, it's one of those anybody that gets close to him dies, but people still join him and follow him. And he, meanwhile, he's chasing down, you know, this uh, it's it's kind of like it's well, I think about it. It's kind of like Dark Towerish, mm-hmm. where he's got that that end goal that and he doesn't care who gets in his way or who gets hurt along the way. Yeah. Welcome to join him. But he's his eyes are set. Mm-hmm. His target is, is in line and. He, um, there's, yeah, it's like zombies and, uh, witches and voodoo and vampires and monsters and all sorts of stuff. It's really dark. Um, it's really heavy. It's like I said, like a lot of, uh, characters that you get to know and love get killed off. The art in it's amazing. It's Mike Mignola and Christopher Golden (laughs) are writing it and I've, I've read a few things. And actually, there's another Mike Mignola and Christopher Golden book that I'm going to talk about in a little bit as well. And uh, Ben St- uh, Stenbeck does the art on it. And it's, it's super fantastic. And reading it from the beginning, you could probably jump in and get to know the characters in the, in like if you bought like the next story arc, maybe. Mm-hmm. But you are pretty far along the journey. So mm-hmm. I would definitely um, probably recommend starting from the beginning when he is the loner before mm-hmm. he starts picking up and building this, accidentally almost building this entourage. He's- He's definitely like a Van Helsing yeah. character. How long has this been going? Ooh, a few years now. Okay. Um, How many like trades do you think there are, roughly, if one wanted to get caught up? Three six? Or four? Oh. No. It, that many? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Maybe I'm like five really far or behind. six. Okay. Yeah. That's the, yeah, almost like that's the reason I didn't start Hellboy ever because I felt so oh, far behind. Man, oh yeah, yeah. Well, we can talk Hellboy real quick. I mean, that's kind of <laughs> the same thing. Yeah. But like Sean and I have all of the um, uh, the library library editions, editions oh, okay. like the full hardcovers. And actually, we those are the things that we were both buying them, weren't we? Was I buying them? And then because I was buying them before we got married, I was too. Yeah, so I think we were both buying Did we them. Both have those. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, and then but we stopped and we <laughs> right. continued the wow. question together. Yeah. Okay. What did we do with the other ones? I have no idea. Wow. Okay. Might still have them. I don't know. Yeah. The check. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Hellboy, um, that's daunting for yeah. sure. And not only that, but like the whole Hellboy, you know, the BPRT, and right. the BPRT, BPRD <laughs> universe is all part of that Hel- that Hellboy uh, mythos. Right. It's huge. That's yeah. a huge universe. I actually uh, started accidentally reading one of the Mike Mignola's, uh, one of the books that is one of the spinoffs of BPRD and Hellboy is out right now. I figured it's called, but I started reading it. I bought it just because it was the new Mike Mignola book. I didn't yeah. realize what it was. I was like, oh, this is the BPRD universe. And I'm a little lost in it. I kind of get it. It's, it's interesting, but yeah. there, I'm sure there's like a bigger story that I, that I don't know. Oh. Uh, but it's, I'm, I'm, I'm reading, it's like a five issue. I'm like most of Mignola's things are like a five issue mini right. kind of. So that's, I'm, I'm going to, I'm probably going to continue reading it. It's, it's good, but I, I, maybe one day when I finally read all the Hellboy stuff and the BPRD stuff, I'll be like, Oh wow. Cause I've done that before. Like I read an Abe Sapien book once. Mm-hmm. I, I think Abe Sapien, there was a Abe Sapien book that I read long before I read Hellboy or BPRD or anything. Mm-hmm. I think the first thing in that universe I ever read was an Abe Sapien book. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about the characters when I first started reading comics. I didn't know that whole world existed. Oh, wow. I just saw the cover of the Abe Sapien comic and I picked it up and read it. <laughs> but yes, uh, Baltimore is by far one of my favorite. One of my favorite comics. It's a really good horror story. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. He's got a novel, too. That's kind of how it started. 
Yeah, and, novel. yeah, there are, and I, I, it kills me because I'm a member of Audible. Mm-hmm. Like I, I listen to a lot of audiobooks, and uh, th- it's not on. It's not on Audible. There is another Mike Mignola, Christopher Golden book on Audible. Oh. <laughs> and yeah. if you want, I can continue talking you straight into that, <laughs> and then hand it off to Sean, and we'll loop back around the other way, maybe, mm-hmm. where I get to go twice, and then although Sean did go twice already. Yeah, so I think it's Josh's turn next. Yeah. So, um, but the other book, and I, I was looking from, I was looking for Baltimore because the whole uh, Christopher Golden, Mike Mignola team is great. I love it. So I was looking for it, couldn't find it. It is on Amazon Prime or Amazon or something, I believe. So uh, I'll have to listen to that. But what I did find was uh, Joe Gollum, a detective, mm-hmm. or, uh, a cult detective, and I can't remember what the, uh, the I can't remember what the book. <laughs> it's not a cult detective. It's. <laughs> Occult. Occult. O-C-C-U-L-T. Yeah. I can't remember the name of the book that's on uh, on Audible, but I was like, oh, I'll get this. And I, and I, I listened to that, and it was really good. And then shortly after I listened to that, a uh, Joe Gollum comic started hitting the <laughs> shelf. So I picked those up, and... It's funny. He doesn't look. You know, he doesn't look in the comic the way I pictured him. <laughs> and who knows? I mean, maybe he's described exactly like that in the in the novel. And I didn't pick up on it. I still created my own character. <laughs> but yeah, I started reading the the Joe Gollum uh, occult detective from Dark Horse. And it uh, the the storyline I've got in front of me here is the Rat Catcher, and it's pretty cool. It's, it takes place in this world. Um, it takes the same kind of thing where it's like a parallel world, kind of <laughs> like ours. But uh, like New York City's flooded, like mm. New York and all that. It's all flooded. So a lot of people live in high rises and stuff, mm. but they live in like big apartment buildings and they have boats that they get around in and, and things like that. Mm. I guess it's kind of like, I don't know if anybody's read Massive by Brian Wood, but it's the same kind of thing. The world's flooded. In this case, it's not the world. It's it's New York and it's kind of been separated off from the rest of the world. And it's about um, Joe Gollum and this other um, kind of a. Uh, Kind of an occult Sherlock Holmes kind of character mm-hmm. that he works for, and he's like an older gentleman, and so Joe's like the guy that goes out there and does the dirty work for this older Sherlock Holmes type occult character mm. who can't, you know, get around like he could in the old days, mm. kind of thing. So it's it's pretty awesome too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of uh, backstory you learn about Joe and where he came from, and the stories and and how it all ties together and stuff too. Mm. And it, it's really cool. And he just it's kind of him going out and. Solving mysteries, occult mysteries, because he's an occult detective. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Joe Gollum's really good, too. Now I'll hand it off to Josh. Wait, is he a Gollum? I don't want to say. Okay. Is that <laughs> one of the first things that's addressed? Um, uh, no. Okay. It's one of the mysteries. Oh, of the, okay. Of the book. Is he? I don't know. Is that just a clever name? I don't know. Oh, okay. He's wearing a hat, so it's hard to tell. Um, <laughs> it's true. Okay. Well, I guess uh, from there, I could go to... Uh, actually, you reminded me of, of this title when you were talking about uh, Joe Golem. Uh, Brubaker and Sean Phillips, uh, Fatal. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. That wrapped up not too long ago, probably yeah. a year ago now, but uh, or more. But uh, as a big H.P. Lovecraft fan, as not his racism, just his writing, um, <laughs> I really... I'm always on the lookout for H.P. Lovecraft-inspired stories, and uh, that was I liked Brubaker's run at that, and always his little noirish like detective pot boiler, yeah. you know, template that he uses. But um, if I if I remember correctly, and I hope I'm not 
mixing my memories on the storylines here. This is one of those. Uh, there's there's a fatale, a beautiful woman who dame. a dame that <laughs> appears to be pretty long lived um, and kind of ruins the lives of any men man she kind of runs across. Um, but there's also a creepy cult that sort of is following her around for various reasons and yeah, yeah there's yeah. there's yeah. bloodshed and weirdness and it's it, really good that's accurate it is really good. it's cool because uh you know the fact that she is like a femme fatale mm-hmm. and she's ruined the lives of these people i mean that's yeah. like she is like the character <laughs> of like every kind of noir exactly yeah <laughs> she's a very sympathetic character oh, oh very, yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. and very developed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely she's not just like and a one dimensional <laughs> <laughs> she's not a one di- dimen- she's not a one dimensional character that's true yeah yeah well yeah. because from her point of view for you know from the point of view of all the men whose lives she's ruined mm-hmm. i mean she's a, the quintessential one dimensional femme fatale right but from our point of view because right. we're seeing her as a character we get the big picture and we're like oh no that poor woman yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah that's a good one she's seen some stuff <laughs> Uh, I don't. I can't really talk. I'm going to jump in real quick because I can't really talk about this because I haven't read it yet. But you <laughs> mentioned H.P. Lovecraft, and so I I picked up um, Dagon. Is oh, that how yeah. it said? Yeah, yeah. Is uh, which is um, Dagon? That's fine. Dagon. Yeah. Which is uh, Ben Temple Smith. It's a Ben Temple Smith book hmm. uh, based on H.P. Lovecraft's nice uh, character. It's a good story. And I haven't read this yet, but it was a Kickstarter that I backed uh. for Ben Temple Smith. And uh, it's it's an, a great looking hardcover, like kind of oversized comic, and I'm really looking forward to reading it. It's got a bunch of the the sketch stuff. He actually um, he does a lot of Kickstarters. He has one running right now as well, <laughs> and um, a lot of his books have been coming out as Kickstarters through um, the the uh, 44 Flood. And uh, so he's got one running right now. So I think it should still be running by the time you guys hear this. If so, look it up. His his stuff is great. I always love stuff by Ben Temple Smith, and his art is amazing. And I look forward to reading this, but I haven't yet. But you mentioned H.P. Lovecraft, and there we have it. Um, I'll jump into one of my favorites that doesn't come out very often, Beast of Burden. Oh, yeah. The book that I have in front of me is What the Cat dragged in which i believe is the most recent story that they did yeah came out may of this year and for the most part you can kind of just jump in with any of these stories it does help to have a little bit of a backstory so you kind of know why each character is so awesome (laughs) you know just from starting from the beginning but i just i mean i just love the characters the characterization kind of the anthropomorphic nature of the cats (laughs) And then yeah. being kind of hunters <laughs> and just like this story. And it's, it always has such a sad kind of melancholy ending. Orphan. I love orphan. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, there, there's that sense of, you know, we're going to solve this mystery no mm-hmm. matter what it takes kind of a thing. I, I just really like kind of like the, the teams, like right. the teams going out and hunting things and finding the ghosts and figuring out what the problem is and how to solve it. Right, and for those who don't know, it's kind of paranormal <laughs> investigations as done by a pack of animals that yes. all live in the same neighborhood. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cats I, and dogs no, living, living together. together. <laughs> Mass hysteria. Um, yeah, it's, it's Evan Dorkin and Sarah Dyer, but um, this issue in particular was, uh, the art was uh, Jill Thompson. Yeah, Jill, I think, Jill Thompson do does the art on all okay. of them. Yeah, because now one of the things is that I love about it, and like I mentioned before, it's like none of the characters are really safe. Mm-hmm. You you don't know if they're going to make it through each issue. 
I know that Jill Thompson has said there's there's some characters that she's not going to let Evan Dorkin kill off, <laughs> but I don't think that 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 means they're safe. Right. <laughs> and every time before I read an issue, I'm always like Sean, I'll read him first, and I'm like, as long as nothing happens, the orphan. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> not so. telling you. <laughs> It's definitely a book that I love to read for sure. I love that one. I don't know. Uh, I can go again. I feel like I'm talking a lot. I do kind of take over. Sean, why don't you go again? All right. So one of my favorite new series that's out right now is She-Wolf by Rich Tommaso. Mm -hmm. It is a really awesomely vibrant, really fresh take on the werewolf story. Mm. So this girl, she gets bit, turns into a werewolf. But it is a fresh take. Now, just kidding. <laughs> it's the rest of it. That's, that's the it's basis. The rest of, of it. You know, like that's the, the basis. It's the stereotypical it. girl gets turned into a vampire. But it's like it's set in this kind of weird non-time mm-hmm. where it feels very kind of nostalgic and kind of timeless. Mm. But it's still like so fresh and like I love the color palette. It just really helps kind of add to kind of that sense of kind of when is this taking place. I really like the art. I like the um I like his angles and his uh not 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 even necessarily like his camera angles, <laughs> but the angular nature of his storytelling, I think. <laughs> like I like that. It has a flow to it. It has kind of a direction to it. <laughs> and um it really that stands out to me as his his part of his storytelling in that series. I think there are three issues out right now. I think it's going to be, what, a four-issue? Yeah, four-issue season one, and then season two is being worked on. And then when the trade comes out, he's going to be doing a tour, hmm. so stay tuned. Yeah, for locations on that. he may be coming to the Greenville area Ooh. if you live in Greenville. Uh, I'd like to talk about is from who I would like to consider, though I don't see him very often anymore, uh, my good friend Steve Niles. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Nat Jones. Oh, man, no, not not yet. Spoilers. Sorry. Nat Jones comes up later. Jumping Although he does do this book with Steve Niles. You should talk about him together. I'll talk about him together. So I had picked up uh, The October Faction, which is a book that he does with Damian Worm. <laughs> I have not met Damian Worm. I don't know him. But he's done work with him before. And uh, The October Faction is about a family of um, monster hunters. Yeah. So it's really, it's a, um, and I don't know what I'm spoiling and what not. I don't think it really matters. It's It's about a retired mother and a father father and mother however you want to look at it parents of uh, parents um who are who were monster hunters Mm -hmm. and they've retired and now he's teaching at like university and they have their nice creepy home estate and they're retired and then their kids uh they have two kids who are uh teenagers and they're becoming interested in what their parents did and monster hunting and stuff like that. And their parents don't really want them to do it. It's not mm-hmm. safe, those kinds of things. Some characters from their past show up, mayhem ensues, mm. and that's where the storylines come from. And all in all, it kind of brings them back into the fold. And so this is the story of you know the family kind of adjusting and, and getting up to getting up back up to snuff and. Fighting monsters and getting getting pulled in all sorts of directions, and you've got the son and daughter, and and the the mother and father, and some like friends of the family and stuff like that that get involved, and everybody has like deep dark secrets, and you learn more about them as they as it goes, and the mystery unfolds, and yeah. I feel like I've said that before about <laughs> things, but uh, that's part of horror, right? It's the mystery, yeah. and and you learn how the pieces fold together. Do pieces fold together or they mm. fall together? 
lay fit together. together. They fit together. Yeah, pieces fit together. Yeah. <laughs> you learned that too. <laughs> How they fit together. Now, this is, um, I, I, it's funny, I grabbed number one. I don't know what the current issue is. Th- actually, did you just hand me this, Sean? Yeah, I did. It was on your stack of books that you read. So I wonder if they started the number counting over. Yeah, they did. It is possible. Yeah, they did. They st- wow. They do that. Yeah, it's an I IDW. Over. I don't, <laughs> let me see if it has. Sometimes down in the. Uh, Indicia, they'll have how many issues? Yeah, I don't know how many issues have come out then because this says number one on it. Mm. Um, but it's been coming out for at least a year now, I think. It's been a while. So, yeah. That's... It's been a while. <laughs> Sorry. And then the other book is by my uh, by Steve Niles and with art by my friend who I miss so much. Although I've only interacted with Nat a few times, but he's very personable. And um, he's from here. In Greenville, South Carolina. I mean, well, we had dinner with him. And he him lives in Canada here, now. After Heroes Con. Yeah. Like, we were at Fuel, and, like, he sat down with us. So we, like, had dinner with him, and he, you know, told us all about him kind of, like, growing up and how he yeah, was well, and, and we've met his parents. I mean, like... Yeah, I feel <clears throat> a very deep connection. But he's got his family, and he lives in Canada now, and so he doesn't travel to yeah. the shows anymore, so we don't get but to see Nat. we're going to follow him you know, on Instagram and see his cool art. <laughs> yeah, I think the last time we hung out with Nat was right after 68 started coming out. Yeah. Because I remember talking to him about it um, at Heroes Con one year. But So Nat is back in comics. He actually left comics for a little while and went in to do other things. He's he's back in comics, and he's doing the art on Broken Moon with Steve Niles. Uh, it's created by Philip Kim. It was written by Steve Niles and uh, art and colors by Nat Jones. And this is uh, incredible. I'm so glad that, that Nat is back in comics. I love his art. I love how spooky, scary he is. I want yes. a piece from him so bad. Actually, Nat is doing Inktober, and uh, on his Instagram, he's been posting Inktober pages, and he's selling his Inktober pages. Uh, I mean, he did an Edgar Allan Poe, which I just loved, and it sold before I could get to it, and it's some other really, really good good pieces. Oh, yeah. But Nat's back in comics. I'm really excited about it. So this is this takes place in a, uh, what is the word? A, de- a dystopia? Dystopia. <laughs> Dystopic future. Dystopic. Yes. <laughs> dystopic. That still doesn't you sound right. Dystopia. So it's in uh, this world that um, basically pollution, and everything has caused the atmosphere and to be just jacked, and it's dark all the time. So vampires are like, yeah. <laughs> Money time, and so there's werewolves and vampires. And you know that thing, vampires. That, yeah, money. Yeah, time. money time. Yeah, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so it's it's there's humans. There's a few humans left, and there's tribes of humans, and there's just like the cities are all vampires, and you know they just hunt humans, and then there's werewolves out there, and there's like Frankenstein monster type characters, and you know when you take a bunch of parts and you put people together, sure. I'm familiar. What other name does that have besides Frankenstein's monster? Yeah. Or yeah. Frankenstein. It's kind of a golem. It's kind of a golem, but golems mm. are made of like clay and mud yeah. and stuff. But uh it's yeah, a flesh so, golem. Yeah. <laughs> a flosh'em. <laughs> but that's uh so yeah, Broken Moon, uh it's pretty cool. I'm glad I'm glad to be reading it in the cover of issue number one, which I'm holding is awesome. It's from American Gothic Press. I haven't really looked into a lot of American Gothic Press, but Steve has a few books coming out on that and uh, presented by Famous Monsters. Oh, yeah. When you get to the back of them, it's always like uh, T-shirts and like back issues of 
monster magazines and things like that. Uh, famous monsters, you know the, the, the film line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it has something to do with all that hmm. stuff. But I haven't really looked into what all it is. But yeah, hmm. Broken Moon's pretty cool. It's cool. pretty exciting. And uh, I'll hand it to Josh. Okay, I'm uh, I'm torn. Uh, I've got two sets of two left to talk about. Well, talk about. Go ahead and talk about all of them. Yeah, I want. I, I I would be remiss if I didn't bring up Scott Snyder. I he does a lot of really good horror, like American Vampire. But the the two I wanted to talk about were uh, I, I've read recently, uh, Witches with a Y. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. With Jock on art, I believe. Yeah. Um, and uh, that one was a nice spooky um, kind of a reimagining of what the witch uh, in folklore really is. Now, of course, it's time for another journey into disbelief. Tonight's episode, The House of Lightning, starring Dirk Drucker, Tabitha Grains, and Ransom Calhoun. As usual, Journey into Disbelief is brought to you by Fred's Laundry Powder. If you're not using Fred's, you might as well throw in the towel. Our journey begins with the secret scientific journals of the brilliant professor, Howard Booth. Of all the scientific mysteries and marvels I've seen, there's one that stands out. I'd call it the House of Lightning. It's a wild adventure of a tale that pushes the boundaries of modern science, so I want to make sure I take extra care recording the facts, as I can hardly believe them myself. Everything I've recorded here is absolutely true. It all started one stormy evening. Incidentally, I remember it was Halloween. Children were wrapping up their trick-or-treating as the rain started picking up, and I was just finishing one of my lectures on the effects of electrolysis on non-symbiotic sea anemone when I was approached by a young woman. Fascinating speech, Dr. Booth. Thank you, Hendrickson. Excuse me, are you Dr. Howard Booth? Well, last time I checked. Is it true what you say? That it's possible to control living tissue with direct, uh, what do you call it? Direct electrical current, but that's just a crazy theory, Miss, uh... Stone. Natalie Stone. I need to speak with you right away. Well, unfortunately, I've just finished my lecture and I'm about to retire for the evening. But how about I let you walk me home? I'm just around the corner, though, so you'll have to talk fast, Miss Stone. Isn't it true that you've gotten surprisingly positive results from your bioelectromagnetic experiments? Didn't you hypothesize that you might be able to affect behavioral patterns in living organisms? Behavioral patterns in living? Those are big words for a little lady like yourself. Where'd you hear all that? Here. This is your article. See, Dr. Howard Booth. That's your byline, isn't it? Yes, but these are advanced scientific magazines. These are complex theories. But what I'm talking about is possible, isn't it? Those studies are mostly on plant cells. It's true that we've seen some success with growth stimulation and root migration, but what you're talking about is more like science fiction mind control. Yes, exactly, but look at this one. Huh? What? Uh, These are comic books. No wonder you've got such crazy ideas in your head. Look at this. The grave-robbing manatee, the corpse that coached basketball, the Chinese thunder monster, radioactive tortoise child. This is silly kid stuff. I never thought I'd see my medical journals in a stack of comic books. But the science in some of these is sound. Look at this one. It also starts off with growth stimulation in plants, and then it ends with these animals being forced to complete tasks against their will. I heard sometimes the writers behind these comics are actually geniuses using pen names. Well, I certainly never wrote any comic books. Now, now come on, what's this about? 
I've noticed some strange things in my neighborhood. First it was little things, bugs moving in unison, stuff like that. But now there's missing cats and dogs on the street, unexplained burglaries, and I know somehow it's connected to this strange house at the end of the street. There's always noise coming from that house, weird mechanical sounds in the night, and there's been constant power outages at the houses surrounding it. I started researching it on my own, and that's how I found these stories and your articles. Oh, that's some kooky story, huh? Well, I don't know if I can believe any of it, but I'll admit I like your spirit. This sounds like my kind of scientific investigation. How far away is this house? Just a few miles from here. There's an old married couple living there. They seem harmless, but they must be involved somehow. They're probably there right now. So you'll come with me? Well, why not? Sounds like a crazy adventure to me. Let's take my car. The house is down this way. Sure, I just have to pick up my friend Bibsy first. Bibsy? Is that another scientist? <laughs> no, he's just an old friend. You'll like Bibsy. He's a real character. He's always talking in this goofy voice and wearing his crazy propeller hat and his big red suspenders. His face is covered in crazy freckles and he's always playing powder ball, even when he's having dinner. <laughs> Bibsy. Do you think he can help us? Oh, probably not. No, poor Bibsy turns white at the first sign of trouble. He's got these big, crazy reactions to the littlest things. He's always pointing and stuttering and carrying on. I never really know you could hear a man gulp before I met Bibsy. Now, he's always thinking he's seen a ghost or some such thing, and he'll carry on screaming about, Whoa, it's a ghost! Oh, no, my God! I, I can't really do it like Bibsy does it. Hmm, okay, well, do we need to pick up Bibsy? We're already very close to the house, and it doesn't sound like we need him. Yeah, I guess you're right. He can be a bit of a handful. It's just that I checked out a house like this last week without him, and it was completely boring. It really wasn't any fun at all. Uh, well, we'll be lucky if it's boring. I hope nothing too terrible happens. Let's just go straight there and get it over with. Alright, it's your call. Uh, nah, I'm gonna go pick up Bibsy. By the time we arrived at the house, the rain had died down, but the lightning was still going strong, or so we thought. A flash lit up the inside of the car, making Bibsy almost jump through the roof. That's when I made a startling discovery. Whoa, 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 yow, that's one crazy storm, Howie. Let's get out of here. Oh, cool it, Bibsy. There's something strange about this lightning. Whoa, 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 ay, ay, ay. It's not syncing up with the thunder. Oh, precisely. Now, the lightning is coming from inside the house. We'd better investigate. I tell you what, you guys investigate, and I'll excavate. Come on, Bibsy. What's that noise? Bats! Oh boy, oh no, they're going up my pant leg, Howie. These bats are crazy. Most bats I ever did see. Wow, what a scary turn of events. I just felt myself get rabies, Howie. Yay, yay, yay. I've never seen bats act quite like that before. It's like someone's controlling them, right? It's just like I told you. Well, we'll see soon enough. Here's the door. Oh, it's got one of those big old-fashioned door knockers. <laughs> Well, nobody home. Guess we might as well head back in and get to bed. Hey, it's open. Uh, let's take a peek. Go on, Bibsy. It's a trap. 
Bibsy, no! We interrupt this thrilling tale to remind you of the unbelievable cleaning powers of Fred's laundry powder. Here's Tabitha Grains, star of tonight's program, to tell you all about it. I'm Hollywood actress Tabitha Grains. A lot of people ask me if it's hard to balance my exciting life in show business with my duties at home as a wife and mother. I always say it was a lot harder before I found Fred's laundry powder. I'll tell you, I really love the stuff. It makes laundry a snap and gives me more time to bring you great characters like Natalie Stone. Plus, Fred's has a simple five-ingredient formula for a perfect clean. Benzene, fluoride, sodium hydroxide, cocaine, and lard. We really can't stress to you enough how much all of us at DBN love Fred's laundry powder. If you're not using Fred's, you might as well throw in the towel. And now, some exciting previews of what's coming up later on DBN Radio. First, it's Dummy Beach Party. Wow, Henry, look at all the great dancers out there. I can't wait to see who wins the big dance contest. I want to dance in the contest, Duke. I think I can get the trophy and everything. You say you want to dance in the dance contest, but you don't know any dances. Yes, I do, Duke. I do know one dance. What is it? The Wood Tootsie. Oh, Henry, that's terrible. The Wood Tootsie, honestly. Just tell them who's going to be on the show, dummy. This week's Dummy Beach Party features the very special guests, the Drifters! And then it's darts. That's a bullseye, Jerry. Excellent work, Jerry. And then it's B&B Mystery. Oi, the guest in room four hasn't come down for their sausage and eggs yet. That's because the guest in room four has been murdered. And Thursday night, a full hour variety special. Lil Nancy the Dancing Cowgirls Halloween Roundup. Hi, it's me, Lil Nancy the Dancing Cowgirl. Most kids like me spend Halloween hanging out with friends their age, having fun and eating lots of candy. But I'm lucky. I get to spend it with a bunch of treasured radio veterans, like Milton Halston from Busted Rifle. Hello. Poet and storyteller, William Jennings. Hello. And gospel sensation, Eddie Lojam. Hello. Halloween is my favorite holiday, so I know we'll have some good fun sharing scary stories and wearing crazy costumes. Well, I'm not wearing any costumes. I hate scary stories. I believe Halloween is a dark pagan holiday started by the devil, but it's never too early for some old-fashioned Christmas carols. It's... it's gonna be a fun, spooky time, everyone. And now we continue with Journey into Disbelief. I was separated from Miss Stone and Bibsy in the commotion from the booby trap at the front door. Each of us made our way deeper into the dark house, looking for something that would explain its strange secrets. Natalie? Bibsy? Can you hear me? Are you all right? Where are those two? Say, what's this? Why, it's some kind of chimpanzee. A big one, too. What, what are you after? Hat, that crazy chimp stole my wallet, and I think it's got... What are you doing with that gun? Dr. Booth, where are you? I hope I don't find any more of those traps. I'd better be careful. Hey, this is something. There's more of those crazy bugs all marching together, like they're answering some sort of call. I wish Dr. Booth could see this. Maybe he could explain. No, they're turning toward me. No, get off me! 
did that crazy pendulum almost cut my nose off? I gotta get out of here, but fast. Maybe this way? This way. Howie, is that you? You gotta get me out of here, Howie. I'm so scared. Uh, gee, Howie, when I saw your face in the lightning just now, you kind of, you didn't look like Howie at all. You looked like some kind of crazy, big, tall, hungry, hangry, zombie. Oh, he's got me, Howie. He's got me, no don't. When I came to, I was strapped to some sort of highly technical electric chair, surrounded by wires. I could hear Miss Stone and Bibsy coming out of unconsciousness in the chairs next to me. I could also hear someone adjusting levers and knobs at the center of the room, and I tried to focus my blurry vision. We were in some kind of laboratory, and the stranger at the controls looked familiar to me from my scientific studies. Natalie, Bibsy, are you all right? Oh, I think so. I'm not so good, Howie. I think a zombie knocked my lights out. Ah, you're awake. Good, good. I wouldn't want you to sleep through my newest experiment. Doctor, please check the electrodes. Yes, doctor. What's going on here? Dr. Booth, I recognize these people. It's Mr. and Mrs. Hudson, the homeowners I was telling you about. Yeah, I recognize them too, but they're not any Hudsons. He's an escaped convict from Russia. He was known as Dr. Ito Napravda. In Russia, it means crazy doctor. At your service. And she's Dr. Maria DeSinta, a Romanian scientist who won the Nobel Prize in 1937 before she went missing. It was rumored that she went mad. How do you do? We recognize you as well, dear. Yes, the great Dr. Howard Booth. Your studies in bioelectricity are rudimentary, of course, but... But you are closer than you might think. You just didn't have our genius. Or the drive to do what it takes. A drive that pushed us into hiding. I'm sure you, of all people, can appreciate being our first living human test subject. Well, take these straps off and we'll talk about it. (laughs) I'm afraid not, Dr. Booth. You might not like this kind of experiment. At least not when you're one of the laboratory rats. We did try it on rats first, insects and rodents, then birds and bats, cats and dogs, then moving on to primates. All successful cases, but boring compared to where we took it next. Yeah, here's the big galoot that got me. Here we go again. Tell you what, I'll knock myself out, save you the trouble. This, uh, zombie, as your idiotic little friend, here cause him, was our first success with a human. We started with a corpse, of course, for simplicity. He really works quite well, but he can only use basic motor skills. Pick up this, steal that, attack this man. But the same experiment on a living, functioning brain. The possibilities are endless. How do you do it? Is it really mind control? We use this circuit set here to construct an alternating electrical signal, which is in turn translated by this transistor array 
into high-frequency magnetic fields beamed directly into the subject's cortex. The effect is like an instant hypnotic suggestion, and if you arrange the signal into a loop, like so... You can make them carry out your will for as long as you like. You monsters! You want to enslave the whole planet. You'll never get away with this. I think they might. Let's uh, start with the little one. I hope she doesn't mean me. Hang in there, Bibsy. I won't let them hurt you. The patient is ready, doctor. Thank you, doctor. You! Pull that lever. Now, I'd punch in the signal. So listen, thanks for having us over. Here's some interesting science projects you got there, real interesting stuff, but unfortunately I'm terribly late for a dinner engagement, so if you could just loosen these straps from your wacky high chair here, I'll be on my... Whoa, that thing! Leave him alone! Ah, getting electrocuted here, not fun! <laughs> this signal's been transmitted. I am releasing the straps. Is it over? Can I go? Stand up. Look to me. No thanks, I think I'll just let myself out the bag. Whoa! I'm not walking, but I'm walking. This is crazy, Howie. What's going on? They've got control of your mind, Bibsy. Try to resist. What would you like to see your little friend do? We can have him run around the room until his heart stops. Let's have him fight the big one and see who wins. Ah yes, attack, attack. I'm fighting a zombie. This is very crazy and I do not like it. I can't watch. This ain't me. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Oh, <laughs> I guess I am a fighter. Oh, no, I'm definitely a lover. Wow, that's smart. Listen, pal, you don't want to do this. Let's both agree to just stop hitting each other and we can both get out of here and get a couple of sandwiches. How's that sound? Why aren't we listening to me? Oh, Howie, I can't take it no more. Oh, we've seen enough. Turn it off. But this is very interesting! Yes, I think I'll turn up the voltage a bit and see what happens. Oh, what a headache. I think I'll lie down now. Pleasant dreams, everybody. Bibsy, <laughs> how interesting. It, uh, that seems to have killed him. Never mind. His mind was too feeble to program anything too complicated. We'll use him for grunt work like uh, the other corpses. Yes, the doctor here will have a much stronger brain. The girl seems intelligent, too. Uh, we'll, we'll try to keep these two alive as long as we can. Yes, we use you for a good long time. We can have you robbing banks, assassinating world leaders. We can even make them build their own circuitry and find their own subjects. We'll help humanity take over itself. Yes, Doctor. But first, we need to fix the fuse. Uh, help me find it. Dr. Booth, we've got to break out of here while they're busy. Yes, I'm working on it. I think if I can just reach, I can open this chair's control panel and scramble the signal. I think I've got it. We've got to get out of here and go to the police. All right, that's done. Enough fooling around. Uh, let's get started. Wait, Doctor, I think he's tampering with the... No! Ah! no! What is going on? And that's how I narrowly escaped being the mind puppet of a couple of mad scientists. I saw enough of Napravda and Decentus set up to replicate their experiments and start doing my own. I kept their house as my base of operations and rebuilt their laboratory to my own liking. Of course, I'm not crazy like those two. I'm finding more practical applications for this strange new science. 
Oh, that's enough writing for today. Let's see how my experiments are going. Ah, Dr. Napravda, Dr. Decenta, you've brought me more gold bars. Excellent. Keep stacking them over there in the gold bar room. Yes, Doctor. Ah, Miss Stone, you and the zombie have drugged and captured more human subjects. Excellent. Get them in the chairs. They'll be coming out of it soon. Right away, Doctor. Oh, and when you're done, Natalie, could you clean up the place a little? Uh, I don't want my laboratory turning into a pigsty. Yes, Doctor. Oh, it's a big day. Got a lot of electric slaves to make. I need to clear my head. Where's Bibsy? Right here, Doctor. No, don't forget. You always call me Howie. I like it when you call me Howie. Sing that funny song I like, Bibsy. I've been working on the railroad all the live long day. You're not doing the funny train dance, Bibsy. I've been working on your railroad all Spin your the propeller live hat, long Bibsy. day. Yes, that's good. I like it when it spins. <laughs> and so we end another journey into disbelief. If you thought this story was hard to believe, wait until you hear next week's episode. Where, why, um, they're there. That kind of sank Manhattan a little bit. You were talking about it, uh, Joe Gollum being underwater. Yeah, so the, there's like a central mystery going on about what the trees are there for. That's what they call them, are the trees. But also these, uh, if a black flower starts growing at the base of the tree, you know some bad stuff's about to go down. Um, so the first arc was kind of all about uh, how different societies and cultures are reacting to the trees. And then it's getting a little bit more into the mystery of it now here in the second year. Um, but uh, I really, uh, I've been enjoying it. It doesn't come out super regular. So I tend to let them build up actually because there they, there is a lot to the story and there's yeah. a lot of characters right. to keep straight. So I kind of let them build up. That's smart. So you can read a butt chunk at once. Yeah, I got the artist if that's what you're looking for. Yeah, it's a lot harder to go. I don't know why I feel. It's, um, like I I thought it box. was Josh Howard, but his Jason Howard. Jason yeah, Howard. Josh Howard Jason is a Howard. different dude. He's yeah. a completely different dude. Yeah, but he different. does also write horror or draw horror. Oh, okay. Yeah, he does. Maybe they're related, or I don't know. Yeah. We're gonna start that rumor right here. Yeah, um, <laughs> I hear they're related. And everybody's gonna jump on it. Like, yep. Somebody <laughs> told me they're related. They did, yep, like wildfire, this will spread. Oh, yeah, Jason Howard. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There you go. And the other one, you have to look at this one too. Uh, Gail Simone's Clean Room. It's a Vertigo book that is still going on. It is, uh, there's a journalist whose boyfriend has killed himself at the very beginning of the series because he started following it's huh. a real peppy book. Oh, no, it's a peppy book, yeah. <laughs> well, he's, he joined like a kind of Scientology sort of, I mean, cult. Uh, yeah. This kind of, are we going to get sued for that? Not that the dollar bin believes that Scientology <laughs> is a cult. Not at all. No, no, no. This is, but you know. Something some might say like that. The views of the guests <laughs> the dollar band do not necessarily reflect the views of the dollar band. I except they that. do. Except they do. <laughs> so yeah, uh, don't sue me, please. Yeah. So anyway, this cult, the journal starts investigating the cult, and uh, it turns out that she. Uh, this isn't a big spoiler. This is kind of the premise of the whole thing. She and the leader of the cult can see these demon things that kind of are around us all the time and influencing us Lord and talking Zenu? to us. They can see Xenu? They Whoa. Can aliens? <laughs> Whoa. I, I don't know no Xenu, man. Man, back it down. <laughs>
<laughs> but uh, I've told my Scientology story on the podcast before. I so, I went when I went to New York uh-huh. once. Um, the Church of Scientology was they were handing out free movie tickets to come see their movie. Battlefield so, Earth? No, oh. <laughs> no, it was something about how basically Scientology is great. Sure. Power of the mind. Dianetics. If, if you think that you're going to get gangrene, you're going to get gangrene. That's happened you, many you times have to, to me, yes. think that you're not, and then you won't. Okay. And then afterwards, the room was dark. It was just mm. me and my friend, and that was, there was, it was just the two of us in this room, yeah, and it was so dark, and nobody was coming to get us out, and I thought we were going to be trapped there forever. Oh, wow. And then after the movie, they wanted us to stay for a free session. So, no. no, they're gonna keep us yeah. forever. So it was really, it was really culty, really creepy. Yeah, that sounds yeah. That so sounds personal experience. Absolutely. So yeah, the anyway. So the demons, though, I get. I don't know if they're really demons or extra dimensional aliens mm-hmm. of some sort, but that's where it might be a sci-fi story. I don't know, but there's lots of bloody murders and mm-hmm. uh, people doing horrible things to each other, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but I like it. Gail Simone, you know, I used to be a huge fan of hers, and I, and I don't see her work around much anymore. So, ever since Secret Six dried up. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Uh, the book I was talking about earlier that's by Mike Mignola is actually by Mike Mignola and Chris Roberson. That's the reason I bought it. Because uh, I love Chris Roberson stuff. Yes. And Christopher Mitten on art, and that is Rise of the Black Flame. Mm. From the pages of Hellboy. Oh, wow. Which, mm. being that I'm so far behind on Hellboy, I don't know what that means. <laughs> so, you eagle eared listeners out there, you know what the Black Flame is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, You're ahead of Adam on this. Yeah, uh, everyone out there is probably ahead of Adam on a lot of things. So, uh, thank you guys for listening to the Dollar Band. Do you have anything else to wrap up, Sean? I like scary books. <laughs> yes, I agree. So, thank you guys for listening to the Dollar Band. As we mentioned, we will be at Comics Fest or at Comics Fest at Richards Comics and Collectibles. We will be at Richards Comics and Collectibles for Comics Fest on October 29th. There is a costume contest. Sean and I will be there along with a lot of great guests. Also, check out Borderlands Comics and Games Comics Fest going on the same day. The same day. Down the road. Oh, man. It's so easy to hit both places. Yeah. And uh, they both, uh, they're both are awesome. Free comic. Yes. It's mm-hmm. kind of like free comic book day, but not. But Halloween themed. But yeah. scary. <laughs> and uh, we have the Dragon Con contest. Maybe you heard us mention it. If it's if, if Comics Fest has already happened, then you've already missed it. And you've missed the contest. But if Comics Fest hasn't happened yet, because it's not yet October 29th, you still have time for both. So <laughs> thanks for listening. Uh, we'll catch you over on Dragon Con Part 1 unless you've already listened to it in which case uh, we'll catch you on Dragon Con Part 2 unless you've already listened to it in which case we'll catch you at Comics Fest or we'll just catch you on the next episode of the Dollar Bin catch you on the flip side word